My sister likes to buy me things. She likes to get me gifts on a pretty regular basis. It's ridiculous. It's to the point it's ridiculous. Uh, This last week, or maybe the week before, she decided that I needed a lighter in my house to light my candles with, so she bought me a lighter. I can light my candles. I know how to light candles. I've been lighting candles with spaghetti noodles for a long time, and it works just fine. Works just fine, but she thought that I needed a lighter, so she bought me a lighter, and I appreciate it. That's good, but as a general consensus, I guess, or for myself, I just don't like gifts. I appreciate what a gift means. I appreciate that somebody has taken thought into getting me something and to spending their money to get me something, but gifts make me feel uncomfortable. Uh, when someone gives you something, uh, it's just an awkward situation. Uh, I don't like thinking that somebody spent their money on something that I wouldn't buy for myself. And if I would buy it for myself, then I just like thinking that I would buy it for myself. But like I said, I I do appreciate a gift. Uh, I don't care for them. But I I do appreciate it for those of you who have gotten me gifts before. The scriptures say that every good and perfect gift cometh from above. And we all possess some gifts that are good and perfect. And as good as a lighter can be, it, it is not a good and it's not a perfect gift. Only those gifts can come from God. The true and the real gifts that we have come from God. You know, the scriptures also say uh, that our wealth, the amount of wealth that we have, and the success that we have is a gift from God. So next time you're thinking pretty good about yourself or your ability to go out and make a salary, that's a gift from God. That's something that we haven't earned. When you think about it, any gift you've been given is something you have not earned. Something that you don't necessarily deserve but it was just something that was given to you. You can't earn it. There are many different gifts that the Scriptures talk about, but there's one in particular, the gift from God, that I want to talk to you about for just a few moments this afternoon, being the forgiveness of sins. And there are two problems that we as God's children have with the forgiveness of sins, and two problems that can come between us And that forgiveness of sins. I'm not saying they're the only two problems, but they are two of the problems that I want to talk about this evening. And to reiterate on what I just said, in Romans chapter 6 and verse number 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Once again, wages are something we can earn. We can earn death. We can earn a bad reward, but we can't earn this gift that God has given to us. It's something that you can't do enough good things to achieve the gift of eternal life. You can't do enough good things to achieve forgiveness from God. He doesn't look at you at one point and go, okay, he's done more good than bad, he gets the gift. That's not the way that works. There are two uh, bad attitudes or two bad thoughts that can creep into the head and into the mind of a Christian. And these are thoughts that I've had and I, I suppose they're probably thoughts that you've had. One is a thought that I had for, a, for a quite a long time. I was young, I didn't understand. And I felt like uh, what, what I would cons- 
consider what I would label as a roller coaster Christian. You know, I had good days, I had bad days. That's true for all of us, but my emotions would follow. My attitude would follow that as a Christian. And you see, I would have a good day going to heaven. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> Everything's wonderful. And then the next day, you commit a sin, you do something you shouldn't do, and you're down in the bottom. And you think, going to hell, I can't be a Christian, I can't do this. Let me tell you, that's a hard way to live. That's a difficult way to live. And that's something, I believe that mindset in and of itself is something that can come between us and this gift. I want to talk about that this afternoon. And I also want to talk about another attitude that can come between the Christian and the forgiveness of sins that God has given us. This gift that He's given us. And that is the Christian who believes that they are simply just not worthy of God's forgiveness. This, that's a thought I've had before. I've done too many bad things for God to forgive me. Or I've done some bad things, I know God would forgive me, but that bad thing, ooh, that was, that was bad. And God is not going to forgive me of that. I don't see how He could. I don't know why He would, or why He even should forgive me of that. The fact of the matter is, it's a gift. You can't earn it. You can't earn it. It's something that's given. And so to combat these two mindsets, to combat these two bad attitudes and thoughts that can come between a Christian forgiveness, I think there's three or four points that can help us to understand uh, that we shouldn't think like that. That we should have a better mindset as a Christian when it comes to forgiveness of sins. The first one is self-reliance. We love to be self-reliant. The world has taught us to be self-reliant. The world has taught us that anything you want in life, you need to go and you need to get it. Because you are the one that can make things happen. Next one is uh, that we try to fix our own problems. They kind of run hand in hand. And then the last one is, when it comes down to it, it's really just a, an unbelief. Or it's a lack of trust that we have in God to forgive us of sins. In Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 41, it says, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. These are thoughts that Satan wants you to have. That I'm strong enough. That's a thought Satan wants you to have. He wants you to believe you're not good enough for God's forgiveness. He wants you to believe that it's contingent upon how many good things you do. Luke chapter 8, there the parable of the sower, which is, the more and more I, I consider it the greatest parable. It, it is an incredible parable. It says in the 13th verse, They on the rock are they, which when they hear, receive the word with joy. And these have no root, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away. I believe that this instance teaches us of somebody who was a Christian. Somebody who was a child of God. They have root. Uh, well, excuse me, they have, they have no root. But they receive the word. They hear the word. They believe for a while. But it's temptation that pulls them away. This can happen to us in our lives. This can happen to the roller coaster Christian. Temptation is what brings you away. Temptation is what brings you down to that uh, low area. I don't know what to call it. I didn't practice saying that. And temptation is what can pull you away and, and give you that, that horrible mindset, that bad mindset as a Christian. But we like to be self-reliant. You see, Satan puts these, these thoughts in our head. and he, He's told me these things. I'm sure he's told you similar things. 
He says, Zane, you're strong enough. You don't need to study today. The scriptures tell us that we need to study. I know that. But Satan creeps in on Saturday and he says, look, you're going to church tomorrow. You're going to study then. You're going to fellowship with, with everybody there then. Tomorrow's going to be a good day. You don't need to study today. Today's Saturday. You need to rest today. He says, look, you're strong enough and you don't need to study today. You can study every other day next week. Satan says, you're strong enough to look at this image. You're strong enough to drink this drink. You're strong enough. It's a lie that we are told. He says, your spirit may be willing, but your flesh is strong enough to handle it. You can do this. It's this mindset that will get into the mind of a Christian. We become self-reliant and we think, I am strong enough. I can do this. I'm Zane Zebok. I can do this. I got this. I'll study next week. I'll take care of that next week. When we're self-reliant, you see, we look to ourselves for forgiveness of sins is the problem. We look to ourselves to take care of the problem. Another verse there in John chapter 4 says, There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. What Jesus tells this woman, he says, if you want to be self-reliant, if you want to drink from your own well, it's going to lead you to being thirsty each and every day. When we look to ourselves for forgiveness, when we look to ourselves as a self-reliant person, spiritually, we're going to thirst again. And we're going to thirst again. And there will be nothing that we can do that can overcome our feelings of guilt. There will be nothing that we can do that can help us feel this gift that God's given us. And that's where you get the roller coaster Christian. They look to themselves for forgiveness of sins. And it's a, it's a vicious cycle of, of emptiness and feeling like you, you cannot overcome. That's what happens. It's a bad mindset that can get in. But, since we're here, you see here that the, the well that Christ offers this woman, but the water there at the bottom, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of, spring, of water springing up into everlasting life. If we can be reliant on God, if we can break the mold of the world telling us to be self-reliant, and we can convince ourselves that we need to be reliant, that we cannot be a Christian on our own, that we cannot go to ourselves for reconciliation, we'll find a spring of water that, that will last everlasting. A well of grace and forgiveness that cannot be shut off. Which leads us into, if we're self-reliant, that is, which leads us to wanting to fix our own problems. 
You know, as I read in Matthew chapter 14, the account of Peter walking on the water, uh, I didn't put it on here because I wasn't quite sure if I wanted to use it or not, but I love this, this passage. I can see Peter walking out there on the water, and what he sees is not the reality, because he trusts in God. And he sees blue skies, and he sees a calm sheet of glass for the surface of the water, and he walks out there to Christ. And then whenever he kind of shakes his head and he looks around, he sees that there's storm clouds everywhere, and he, sees, he feels the rush of wind, he sees these waves. And go, go read it sometime and tell me if you, if you think I'm right. But in my opinion, the first thought that comes to Peter is, I've got to get out of here. I've got to fix this. I'm in a bad spot, and I need to get out of here. It says then that once he, once he has the thought, once he realizes what's going on, then he cries to the Lord to save him. And so I can't prove that that's what Peter was thinking, but I've always assumed that that was his thought. I've got to fix this. I've got to get out of this. We see something similar in Genesis chapter 3. Adam and Eve, and their eyes were both open, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. It's what happened with the very first sin. They tried to fix it. They said, we'll take care of this. We will smooth everything out. God will come back and he won't know the difference. This is what happens to the roller coaster Christian. They try to fix their own problems. And it doesn't work. You can't fix your own problems. Even as a Christian, you can't fix your own problems. You can't bring yourself grace. Just like Adam and Eve, they, they tried to fix the, the problems. They looked down and they saw the issue. They knew there was an issue there. I'm, I'm certain that they didn't like the issue, that they weren't happy about the issue. But when we go to ourselves to fix our own problems, it, it never works out. It didn't work out for Adam and Eve. It won't work out for us today. The last thing that I think can, of what we're going to talk about this evening, of, of things that can come between the Christian and that gift and that grace and the forgiveness that God gives us is really just a lack of unbelief or a lack of trust for God. I don't think that we have a conscious lack of trust in God. I don't think that we have a conscious unbelief in God. We don't think the thought, He's just not godly enough. He's just not powerful enough. He's just not graceful enough. I don't think we have that thought, but I believe that's the thought that ends up creeping into our minds. And uh, this is what uh, comes in between uh, the Christian and, and makes them have these thoughts of, I'm just not good enough for forgiveness, that I'm just unforgivable. Hebrews 3 says, Take heed, brethren, lest there be in any, one of you, in, in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is today, called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. For we are made partakers of Christ, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast unto the end. While it is said, Today, if you will hear His voice, harden not your hearts, as, it, as in the provocation. For some, when they had heard, did provoke, howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses. But with whom was He grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into his rest? But to them that believed not? So we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief.
When we talk about the children of Israel and we see their unbelief, these were the, the chosen people of God. They were God's children. And they were denied entrance because of unbelief. That's a scary thought to me. They were denied entrance because of unbelief. And the same thing can happen to us today. This is a child of God. I believe that this can describe us. Verse 12 says, Take heed, brethren. Take heed unless you depart from the living God. He's talking to you and He's talking to me in a way. Take heed unless you depart from God. Because of what? Because of the deceitfulness of sin. He says that you are a partaker in Christ as a child of God, as a believer. You're a partaker in Christ. You're a partaker in that gift that God has given. You're a partaker in God's grace. And you're a partaker in the forgiveness of sins if, if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast. You're a partaker of that forgiveness if you can stay confident in God. If you can continue to believe in His grace. And if you can continue to believe in that forgiveness of sins. And if we can't, we can't enter in. This is a problem. At times we feel like we just can't be forgiven. We've done things that we feel like God just can't forgive us of. Should He forgive us of them? That's not for me to say. But He's going to. If, if we hold our confidence in Him. He will forgive you of these sins. No matter how big or how scary you think they are. If you hold your confidence in Him. So how can we accept God's forgiveness? In Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it's very simple. It says, Repent ye therefore and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out. You know, God wants us to be reliant on Him. God expects that. God expects us to look to Him for that forgiveness and not to try to fix our own problems. God expects us to trust in Him and to have confidence in the forgiveness that He's granted us. But He also expects us to repent. He doesn't expect us to sin over and over and over again and just keep, keep being confident in Him. If you want that confidence, you've got you to gotta be a repentive Christian. It says in 1 John 1, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. If we're going to be able to acknowledge our sins, we can have that confidence. And finally, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse number 4, a verse I promised on Wednesday, it says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love, wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace, ye are saved. And hath raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. But he says at the end of verse number 8, it is the gift of God. There's nothing you can do to earn it. There's nothing you can do to achieve it. And convince God that you need it. It's just a gift. It's just a gift. 
This, much like the uh, passage in Hebrews chapter 3, reminds me of us as Christians today. I can see this timeline laid out. That we see God rich in mercy, full of love. And He looks down and He loves you. Before you were a Christian. Before you had any argument that you were worthy of forgiveness of sins. He loved you. And He had grace reserved for you. When you were dead in your sins, He was willing to give you. He was willing to give you life. The word quicken there in the New Testament almost always means given life or to liven up. To give life with Christ because of His grace. Because of His generosity and forgiveness. And at that time, He raised, raised you up to sit in heavenly places with Jesus. And this is where I think it's very interesting. This person who God has already forgiven, this person who has already obtained that grace, who is already a Christian and already a child of God, he says this next, in the ages to come, he might show you the exceeding riches of his grace. He says, man, if you thought his grace was good before, before you were a Christian, if you thought his grace was amazing, you're going to see the exceeding riches of his grace once you become a Christian. If you thought that was forgiveness before, He'll show you forgiveness once you're a child of His. It is the gift of God. So really the only question that needs to be answered in your life, if you have these thoughts of trying to go to yourself for forgiveness, the roller coaster type of Christian, it's a horrible way to live. I've lived, I've lived years of my life feeling like that. It's difficult. Because you can't find forgiveness in yourself. Or if you have that thought of, I'm just not good enough for God, for God to forgive. I've done something that God just can't possibly forgive. You really only need to, need to answer one question. And that's asked in 1 John 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. Are you walking in the light this afternoon? Let me tell you, these are promises made by God of continual forgiveness, of exceeding riches of grace. But this promise is made to those who are walking in the light, those who are striving to live a godly life, those who are working to repent from their errors, those who acknowledge their sin before God. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you'd like to know more about this subject or any other Bible topic, send us a message at our Facebook page, The Church of Christ, Wheeler Area.